the Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 132 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and thank you for taking some time out of your week to spend with us today. You can catch a lot us on Twitter in all kinds of places. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Baseball365Pod. Myself, Justin Hughes, 365 is my Twitter handle, and Andrew is at AMCQ82. And we've got a Facebook group, Baseball365. Over there, we got close to 3,000 members talking about baseball every day. We're on this little stretch run of the season, getting ready to get into the postseason. People are talking about, you know, who's helping them, who's not going into these final weeks. Those guys in head-to-head leagues are definitely talking about a lot of the players that are winning or losing it for them right now. And if you want to get in on the action, have some great conversations with some people that are just as passionate as you are about baseball, go join the group. And the best way you can support the show is to go to iTunes. If you took a moment, leave us a five-star rating, write a nice review for us. It's a great way to help us out that, you know, the more comments, the more five-star ratings, the more we get boosted up and get noticed. So it's a real good way to help us out. We would be very appreciative. And as always, all of these plugs can be found in the show notes. On this episode, Andrew and I are going to do a mock draft for the first round of a redraft league for the 2022 season. And that's knowing what we know right now, which we'll get into in a bit what that what I'm talking about there. But let's get Andrew on. And Andrew, I have a question of the day. We are based a little over a week from the playoffs, and a lot of teams are and fans are getting really excited as October baseball. They're seeing their teams are going to be there, myself included, all of a sudden. But there's also teams that are completely out of it, and maybe they've been out of it for a while. Maybe it's their first year out of it. But I wanted to ask you, which MLB team do you think is the furthest away from making the playoffs in terms of if you had to pick one team that you'd say is the last of everybody that's not making the playoffs this year to make the playoffs again, which team are you taking? Well, I wrote down four. So do you want me to? No, give me the one first. Yeah. The the one that I think will be the longest? Yes. Oh, man. It's close, I think. Um I'm going to say the Rangers. Oh, that is not the answer that I assumed you were going to say. The Rangers, huh? Yeah, I just they're they're just so bad in the major leagues and they just don't have a lot coming. I mean, yeah, they're they're they would be my pick, but I there's a few. So, and I I it's razor thin, but yeah, I think they're probably the worst off what's funny is i i i agree i think if you looked at their club you would say they're the furthest away and they're still not even on my bottom four here right now i just i think that there are just organizations that maybe are in a better position but are so inept that i feel like they'll the rangers i feel will eventually figure it out and turn it around before these other organizations but it's you're right that it looks incredibly bleak for them 
So I got the Pirates. They're they're my number one, and that's saying I'm saying that while they've got a pretty good farm system going. So there's a lot. That was that was the reason they weren't my number one. I just think that they and are... and the division too. Yep. I the top of the division um, isn't as strong to me. Like I feel like that the for sure. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. just year to year the. Yeah, I just I I think they'll screw it up. <laughs> I I am that oh they, down they def- on the pirates they definitely that, might. that I just like they'll screw it up. They they screw everything up, and until I think it just is a top top down like organization issue. But the thing about the pirates, you're right. They they're definitely right now. If you just Closed your eyes, hurt like, or if you just looked at the rosters and took the organization out of it, they're definitely in a better position than a lot of teams in the baseball right now because they've got a lot of pieces coming up. So you had four down. Um, who who did you have two through four? I would probably go Orioles two, Pirates three, and Rockies four. So three of our four are the same. And the main thing with Orioles is that it, I mean, the AL East is just such a gauntlet. Like, even if that, you know, they've got some young guys that could pan out soon, you know, like Adley's coming, Grayson Rodriguez is coming, but oh boy. I mean, it's just, you look at Toronto now and the Yankees are always there and Boston's always there in Tampa. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like, how are they going to get in the playoffs? I mean, I actually think they got a pretty strong argument to be number one because yeah. there's just so much to hurdle in that division that, um, yeah, them are the Rangers. I, I actually, the more I'm thinking about it could probably argue the Orioles number one pretty easily. You can, you definitely can. I have them right now. Number two, and my three and four were both in the same division, the Rockies, and I think we've talked about them enough, uh, and the Diamondbacks. I think the Diamondbacks yeah. also is another. I, I, The Dodgers are so well run. The Padres are up right now. And I just feel like the Rockies and Diamondbacks don't have a clear direction. They've The Diamondbacks, the last six or seven years, they're buying one year and they're selling the next, and I feel like they've done this the last, too long for, for a too long of a stretch here and they did, I just I just don't know what those teams are doing. So I picked those two. Yeah. Yeah, it's good picks. Rangers definitely. are definitely up there though. Okay, uh Andrew, we got before we get into this draft, I thought I'd ask uh with basically one week left to go in rotisserie leagues, a lot of championships are being determined this this week in head to head, but in rotisserie in these weekly leagues, you've basically got one more week of setting lineups. I thought I'd just ask you if there's anything you're thinking about specifically, if you're trying to cash or get into trying to win the league that you might be putting into consider giving consideration to when setting your lineups this week that maybe that's differs from normal. Yeah. I mean, I guess the biggest thing I'd say is um, anybody at this point is benchable. I mean, you could, if it makes sense for what's going on, you know, just, just kind of like an example, you know, like say, say you're, 
you can't catch the guy in front of you in steals and the guy behind you can't catch you. It's kind of a dead category. So anybody that you have that is mostly giving you steals and not a lot else, I mean, you can strongly consider benching them. Um, I wouldn't be afraid to sit worse players or sit better players for worse players if it's the categories you need. I mean, just just stuff like that. I mean, this time of year, it's really just about where you can move up. And um, however you got to do that, I mean, I I would advise um, kind of going that route. So, yep, that's the thing I want to make sure we at least discussed here. I do want to add one thing to that that I think does get overlooked a little bit because I've got a huge league lead in steals in our RM two league, and I was thinking about benching Whit Merrifield tonight because I I mean that's his c- category that he provides, but. Don't forget to pay attention to runs and RBI. I was I like power is my big thing I'm thinking about as I'm looking at that team. But on the same note, I'm in close races and runs scored right now too. And I'm like, man, Whit Merrifield sits on top of that lineup. And yeah, it's a small sample on all this stuff. But don't forget about runs and RBI when you're thinking about that too. If you, I mean, if you need steals and you can gain three or four points, or if you need home runs, just pay attention to what you need. But also be thinking about the runs in RBI because if you got a guy hitting at the top of the lineup there and they're scoring a ton of runs for you all the year, they might be helping you more towards that than you like. That might be something you're not noticing as much. Yeah, no, definitely. Another thing too, I would say is like if you're if you're like the one that's trailing, say you're behind first place a little bit, or like you need some. Uh, like if you're if you're just kind of desperate, you know, or if you're trying to catch a money spot or catch first, whatever, and you're a little bit desperate, say you're looking at pitching, I wouldn't be afraid to throw anybody out there the last week, even like two start guys that you don't even think are that good, um, because if you're desperate, I mean that's kind of where you have to go, try and get wins and K's and hope they pitch well. I mean, they may not, but if you're chasing first anyways, I mean, take what's it shots. matter if they get, yeah, take your shot. I mean, you kind of have to, you know, so um, ratios are more stable at this point anyways. So um, yeah, just all things I'd be thinking about, you know, you know, you and I play in a lot of fab leagues where you're doing auction budgets. Are you actually looking at other your, what your teams you're trying to chase or that are right behind you? Are you, look, are you paying attention to their team needs and picking up players just to block them or just kind of more worrying about your own team? Uh, maybe in some situations. I mean, I think a lot of it, like right now, or at least these last couple of weeks, it's probably more about what you need but yeah i mean if if somebody that you're competing with needs something and you want to keep them from getting that player and you can do it i mean yeah why not but um probably as far as pickups thinking more about my own team i guess but i mean it can go either way if, if you've got somebody to drop and you wanted to go that route too i, I think it's fine yeah that's if they're needing a closer or something like that there's one of them that Maybe it's going to be closing for the final week, and you got a bench slot. You got somebody you can cut. That's worth paying attention to, or a speed guy that's out there that's going to be on Fab on Sunday, and they need some steals, and you've got the bench slot. It's worth looking into. Yeah. Yep. 
Okay, Andrew, we're going to get into this, the mock draft, our first mock draft of the offseason, and we're going to do the first round, 1 through 15. We're drafting like we're 15 different teams here. We're not doing a two-person mock draft. I I did want to explain that. Uh, There are a lot of uncertainties about this offseason, like where like the whole labor deal that is going on with baseball we don't even know when the season's going to start right now and i was asking you how we wanted to go into doing this if we wanted to keep that in thought or just kind of assume that the draft was starting in april and you suggested we just go off of what we know now so in other words all possibilities are out there and because I, I know for me, there are a couple players that I do have different thoughts about if I'm just assuming the season starts in April or if I'm thinking that the season is a question mark right now for when it starts. So I was glad you said that because I think I've got a couple thoughts if I was doing a mock because I honestly personally wasn't planning on doing any draft and holds until a new labor deal was done. And our buddy Chris Wender I think he mentioned that the Rotomasters draft and hold that we do around Thanksgiving that we've talked about on an episode around Christmas time the last couple of years. I think he's still planning on doing that. So I have at least one draft to prepare for. So um, this, I think this will be a fun exercise. As I'll be definitely thinking about that as we're drafting. Uh, yeah, I think, I think the only way to do it right now is just to go off of what we have right now you know assuming too much down the road i mean good bad whatever um i think it's just i think it's just best to go off of it right now so that's why i suggested it yep uh standard five 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 by five categories batting average not on base all of you know this the typical 10 categories there for each or for the offense and pitching and top 15 here and I will, and I'm going to let you start this off, Andrew. So, who would you take number one overall if you were in a in a redraft league? And are, we are talking draft and hold specifically, aren't we? Because we usually do. Um, I mean, I I don't think it matters. Okay. I, I'm not going to like these guys. I'm. It doesn't really matter. You okay. Know? <laughs> I mean, I at least I feel that way. But um, so right now. If I'm drafting for next year, number one pick, I would take Fernando Tatis Jr. The shoulder. That's the big question right now. I mean, yeah, it, he's had the two injuries. For the record, he's my number one also. So as I yeah. get into this, I would take him first also. You know, he mentioned like he's had the two I, I, um, IL stints. I almost said DL there. The two IL stints with the shoulder, he's bounced back pretty well whenever he's come back both times. He was interviewed a couple weeks ago, and he mentioned that he's leaning towards not having surgery but is going to listen to the team. And I personally think he should have it and just get it out of the way just because of the fact that, um, I don't know, I just I don't think this is something you want to keep messing with. I don't know if an offseason of rest is really going to help it as much. I just get it out of the way and if the season was to start late, I mean, he could be fully recovered for opening day anyways. And worst case, he misses a month or two into the season, it sounds like. But what what are your thoughts on that and just the shoulder? Yeah, I, I don't I don't really disagree with you. I mean, it's probably best to get it out of the way. I mean, 
I kind of look at this guy. It's like 40 home runs and 25 stolen bases in 121 games. So all the issues that he has had, it's like it, it, it just hasn't even mattered. I guess it, it doesn't matter until it does. And if it crops up next year and it's a problem, obviously, you know, you know, this is also kind of fluid. I mean, if I am fully willing to change my mind on this, you're splitting hairs so much between these top guys that like, if there's news down the road in a month or two or three months or whatever, that Tatis is having shoulder surgery and he might not be ready for the start of the season. Obviously I'm going to move him down, but like he contributes across the board I also think that on the you know, chance that the season doesn't start on time, that's only going to help him because it'll just give him more time to rest and be better for the start of the year. And, yeah, just five categories, you know, it's, it's all there. So he would be my first pick right now, but I would be willing to change my mind. I mean, obviously, like, there's a, there's a lot of great players, so. Let's say you're drafting in November and in October we hear he has surgery and he's out six months. Would you, at that point, do you think you'd still have him number one? You're talking middle of October, so he's... Uh, we're talking What is that? Put mid-April? Probably not. No, I'd probably move him down a few slots. Okay. It's hard to say. I mean, when I'm in that, until I'm in that situation, but... In my head, I still would take him one for the sole reason that I'm just I I'd be really surprised if we're starting baseball on time. But yeah, I'd chance that it. Too. Yeah. I'd chance I'd chance it. So, yep. So we got the same number one here. My number two, I I have a feeling we will have the same number two here. And this is a guy that you have, I think, loved more than me the last few years. I've still really liked him, but I think. You you've been higher than me a couple slots, and that would be Trey Turner with the Dodgers. I bought in on Mookie Betts last offseason as the Dodger, <laughs> the speedy Dodger with the power speed Dodger, and now I'm in on Trey. I mean, I I'm not saying him going to the Dodgers is really what's doing this. I'm honestly his stats aren't really much different whenever you look at what he's done in Washington and L.A. this year, but. You know, he just continues being this 20, 30, 20, like, I mean, 50 runs plus RBI. Batting average has been over 300 the last, like, 298 or above the last three years now. He just feels like he's so, so dang good, and he gets you goodness in terms of the speed. And I think this year I'm going to be paying a little more attention to speed in the offseason than I have in previous years. I've gone with the pocket aces strategy, and I'm not saying I'm getting away from that, but I think I'm going to try harder to to prioritize finding one of those speed guys early if I can. So I'm going to take Trey Turner too. Yep, that's who I had number two. I figured. I figured. So if you got nothing to add from that, you can go on. Yeah, three. no, not really. I mean, career high in homers this year and power. The, I mean, it's almost like the power just seems to be trending up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he has quite the stolen base upside that he used to, but I don't think it matters because there's a floor there with it where you know you're going to get plenty and batting average awesome. I mean, he he checks all the boxes, so. And he's still a hundredth percentile sprint speed and, on the on baseball savant. So it's not like he's slowing. He's just running less. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, stud. Yep. Okay. Who do you got number three? This is the one I'm I'm most curious about. All right. So number three, I'm going to take Garrett Cole. And, um, yeah, I just think he's the best pitcher in the game right now. I mean, I, this early part of the first round, um, you kind of wonder, you know, I know we've had this thinking before and, and some of this is going to change too, as the off season progresses, it's going to come down a lot of this, like taking coal here. If I change it, it'll be because I'm comfortable with the pitchers later on. I haven't gotten that deep into the process yet where I know that for sure. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I just think that he's clearly the top pitcher off the board next year and um, just a massive difference maker. I mean, we all know that. So, um, yeah, I'm going to take Cole at three. This might surprise you, but Cole, I have Cole at four, but he's not my top pitcher on the board. Oh. Yeah, it's razor thin. I'm going to say that right now. When I when I made these notes and I put Garrett Cole at number four, I had I said razor thin with these two pitchers. Yeah. So and it's nothing negative about Cole. He's a freaking stud. He's awesome. He keeps. Yeah, it's it. just a. That's the trust factor, you know, for me. I, yeah. So I'm not even, yeah, I'm, I love him. I don't have anything negative to say there. I got Corbin Burns three. Um, I, and 160 innings pitched this year so far. I mean, he's going to make another, I think that's going to be 170 whenever the season's over. I, so I'm thinking he's probably going to be pushing close to 190 to 200. I mean, he's going to throw in the playoffs too to where he might he might finish the year 180. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's pitching 200 innings next year. And I just he's so electric to watch. I and the the other thing with it, it this is another one of those where I'm thinking if there's a chance that the season's a little shorter, I think that elevates burns up a little more. Because I, I, if I'm going, if I'm thinking about who I like the most on a per start basis, it's it's Burns over Cole. It is razor thin. Cole's got the durability that he's shown. So I, it's not really so much of a knock on. It's not a knock on Cole at all. It's just a slight edge I'm going to give to Burns. Yeah, I think, I think, um, I have Burns at ten. Um, and that's about think, what I've seen him when I've seen some I early mocks. I think there will be, I think there will be leagues though where Burns goes one, actually. Yep. Like I think that if you told me at the end of the off season, you know, opening day, twenty twenty two, whenever that is, what is Corbin Burns' min pick on NFBC? Meaning, what is the earliest he's gone in any draft? I bet it's one. I agree. I think, now, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly where his ADP will land. It'll be somewhere in the first round, I think. But um, yeah, I think he'll go ahead of Cole in some drafts. I think Cole's ADP will be higher, but um, yeah, I think he'll go one at some point. So, and I agree with you. I think Cole will have the higher ADP. I think Cole will be a top five pick, and Burns, I would guess seven to eight right now at the end of the off season. If you had me guessing yeah, where he'll could be, because pitching continues getting pushed up so i do think yeah that, it's that it's package. really about kind of i think with the pitchers early on it, at least um especially it's kind of about 
like the drop offs later and where, you know, the gaps are in the big aces versus the guys that you don't really want as your ace and stuff like that. And um, we'll get into that more as we go through the off season. But um, I think those top end guys, uh, if, you know, if the gap is earlier than we may anticipate, those top guys may go even, you know, higher than you think. I, I did see a mock that some of the, um, some industry guys did where Cole went one. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I think it was a 12 teamer. I don't know exactly if it was just a practice mock or for fun or whatever, but yeah, just interesting to think about. So for me personally, it's Cole and Burns. They're the two elite guys and there's a gap between the next personally. That's, that's yeah. the way I'm looking at it now. And that's, you know, DeGrom clearly would be in, he'd be at the top of that if he hadn't had his elbow thing, but we'll, yeah. possibly talk about that later okay so we got four so picks we're at, in here we're you're at up. number five yes sir all right i'm gonna take juan soto okay juan soto number five here talk about it yeah i just i mean i think that um you can argue him at number one i mean he's probably the safest guy that we've picked yet um, just in terms of floor, you know, obviously it's high end production and the ceiling is pretty stupid too. I mean, his, his second half, <laughs> have you seen, I mean, oh my God, I, I think it, I saw yesterday his OBP in the second half was 538 or something like I that. I know it's over 500 since August yes. 1st. I heard it's that stat the whole second half the other day. I did. Yeah. Yeah, it's just um, it's like he's just been getting better as the season's gone on. So, um, Which, honestly, I don't care. The OBP you know, some... shouldn't be shocking given when you look at. I mean, there his walk should be at a record high right now with what's around him. Yeah, some of the some people will say, "Oh, Washington isn't good," or the offense. I don't even care. Honestly, I don't even care. He's so good. It just it just doesn't even matter. I mean, yeah. Do I wish it was better? Of course, but like it just doesn't matter. He's, I mean, twenty-one percent walk rate, thirteen percent K rate this year. <laughs> it's Stupid. silly, man. It's like a he's a video game. So yeah, I'll take Soto at um, at five. I actually had him listed at four. So did you see the tweet I shared in our RM two chat about um, Juan Soto and the high fastballs? No, I didn't see. It. I didn't. He's at 174 high fastballs over the zone. He swung at zero of them. Yeah. I don't know if that's this year or what the time frame is, but that was shared by David Adler on Twitter. I'll I'll retweet it if I, I don't, I think I might've already retweeted it. I'll, I'll look. And if I have not retweeted it, I'll send it out. Cause he just doesn't, he just doesn't chase and he just crushes everything. It's, it's pretty amazing, man. We're, we're living in, a cool time right now with baseball with all these young guys and he's, you know, right there at the top. So, yep, sure. Definitely. Okay. So that puts me at number six here and I'm going to take the guy I thought you were going to take here. Vlad jr. Um, he's arrived. And I think in a redraft league, I am, I mean, obviously you're not getting steals out of this guy. You're getting the power speed or you're getting power. You're getting batting average. You're getting an amazing lineup around him, which does matter for counting stats. So, yeah, I would take Vlad over Soto. Does that surprise you? 
I think that they're pretty interchangeable. I and mean, I agree. I had I had Splat at five. He was my next guy. Um, I think most of it for me is outfield versus first base. I think That's a that good I I can find. I just feel like I'm going to be able to cobble together first base and corner infield easier later on. I'd rather get a start on the outfield. And and obviously, Soto has a chance to give me like double-digit steals too, which Vlad doesn't. But, I mean, it's close. Obviously, I love Vlad. It's whatever. You know, anybody taking Vlad over Soto, it ain't going to bother me a bit. So, yeah, they were four and five for me. That's a very good point about the – outfield and the speed because you do get double digit you know 10 seems like i don't know how, how many steals soto i mean has i this do year, think but. i know i made the comment about not caring about soto's lineup and i don't really but flad's lineup is yeah. ridiculous so yeah i mean those um those counting stats they're just not going anywhere and i feel confident saying that you know even going forward into next season when normally i may not feel comfortable saying that with a team going through an off season, but yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. So that puts you up here. We're at seven, right? Am I? Yeah. Yeah. We're at seven. Um, I'm going to take Otani at seven. And, um, yeah, I mean, I I think right here you can kind of go probably a few ways. Um, but he's a nine category player. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. And I'm I'm assuming weekly on this too. I don't know if we even mentioned that, but even in a weekly league, I mean, if you just look at his offensive production and forget about the pet the fact that you can even move him to pitcher, um, I think it's forty five and twenty four homers and steals. Yes. I saw a thing yesterday they listed the guys who have gone 45 25 in major league history. And there was five guys. I forget who they were. It was, I want to say Bonds, Soriano, Larry Walker, and Otani's going to do it with one more steal. It's like, even if you throw the pitching out the window, it's still super elite production. Granted it's from a utility spot, which isn't ideal, but I just don't care that much. I mean, and I like the fact I like more now than I've thought I have previously that you can also use him as a pitcher. And I mostly say that because when it gets to the later stages of the season, if you need pitching, you need pitching and you can plug him there. I mean, in one of my leagues, uh, it's pretty tight. I'm in second. It's like first, second, third is really close. I was looking at the guy in 30 as Otani and he had him in pitcher this week. And um, I just looked at the standings and he, yeah, he's got a ton of hitting points and needs pitching, you know, it just makes sense. So I like that added flexibility to it, obviously. I mean, I don't put a huge, uh, huge thought into it because I think you're mostly going to use him one or the other, uh, probably as a hitter, but the, just the option to have that there is really nice. And obviously the offensive production, the power is huge. I mean, so, yeah, Otani at seven. And there's a couple of weeks of the season. This is the one thing I wanted to bring up on top of all that is there are a couple of weeks of the year where they're playing in, in, L- in National League parks, and there may be a universal DH this offseason. We don't know 
sounds like a lot of people believe that it's going to be there next year. But if that doesn't happen, if when they're in NL parks, you also have the option to throw them in pitch at pitcher those weeks, which right. is the other advantage to have. I had Otani at six. He and Soto and Vlad, I kind of feel like you can intermix those three pretty in whatever order. And honestly, I don't I wouldn't blink if somebody was to say they want to take Otani first in a weekly even. I don't know if I would do it. I, I wouldn't do it. But um in a daily league he's clearly one one to me. I, I'm assuming I, I said I was I've been talking about that the last couple of years, but you would agree with that, right? Yeah. Let me ask you this. Do you think Otani ever replicates this season? No, I don't. But it, I don't either. I, I don't think either. he's capable of being 80% of it. Yeah. That's the that's the reason um that I'm fine taking him. You know, I I mean even if it's not quite what this season has been, I still think it's it's fine. You know, obviously this season's been it's just been so otherworldly. I can't even imagine him doing this again next season. Like <laughs> put the guy in the Hall of Fame, you know. Yeah. It's just I mean, yeah, it's it's absolutely incredible. I mean, he can do it, of course. Like he's capable of it, but I feel like everything has come together so beautifully this year that I don't think he's it's going to happen again. It's just me, but yeah, it'd be it'd be crazy if it happens again. I know that. Can we just get a season of him and Trout being healthy and yeah. both playing? Yeah, that'd well? be nice. Gosh, that'd yeah. be so much fun. And I bet our buddy yeah, Steve Trapani would agree. <laughs> Definitely. All right, so that gets me to number we're eight. At eight, yeah, yes. we're at eight. And this at uh, number seven, or one through seven, uh, the it's been a different order, but. I had that's who I have the like the the first seven that have gone are in my top seven. So number eight, I have Ronald Acuna. Uh, this is another one of those. It's like where do you put this guy? Um, by you would think he had the ACL injury what May or June? I didn't even look it up. Does that sound about right? June? I want to say. Um, June. I think it was June. Yeah. So April. I want to say be, late June, maybe. April will be 10 months removed. April, like beginning of April, would be 10 months removed. And we've seen quarterbacks, we've seen football players have this injury and come back to play football, which is a much, much more dangerous sport for your knees where, than baseball. Now, and the season could start late, and then he's even got more time. They, But they do say that, you know, in football, you don't get all of your – you don't really feel you're not back until the second year. And the thing with Acuna, I if no matter when the season starts or whatever else, I would imagine the steals are going to drop off some next year and significantly. Like if he was projected to get 30 or 35 this year, like that's the question mark. What what are you projecting? And to me, I probably wouldn't project but 15 or 20 and just take what you get above that as gravy, but He's still an electric hitter who should be able to hit 40 bombs in a year he plays with a bunch of with, you know, bunch of great counting stats around him to where even if he only steals 15 20 bags, he I mean, he's still an elite hitter. So, I'm going to take Ronald Acuña number 8. Yeah, it's uh it's a good pick. It 
I had him at nine. Um, so why I've do you two, hate Ronald Acuna? Two guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really fluid. Like I I I feel like I mean, where would you take him? It, let's just say this: if the season was starting tomorrow, the twenty twenty two season, hypothetically, is starting tomorrow, and he's going to be back, say in two weeks. You like you know for sure. Like there's no question he will yeah. be back. He's say a couple weeks games. into this season, swings in or a week day. or two weeks. Yeah, like I mean, where would you take him? Higher than this? Um, no, because honestly, I feel pretty confident he's going to be back now on open, like whenever opening day hits. So I don't know if I'd go much higher. It, yeah. Maybe I should, and maybe I'll change my mind as the offseason goes. I I don't have an issue if somebody goes. I don't know if I'd go one. I don't know my. I don't really know my answer either. But I I think that it's it's one of those things that could kind of sway, you know, just based on the news that we get and all yeah. of that. But yeah, I think this is right around where I would take him now. I just don't like think he's going to steal as much. Now. Right? Yeah, I, that's I'm why. kind of with you. That's why yeah, kind of I don't you. know if I'd go higher than this really much. As but as... I think I think in this spot you still have room for profit on the you know on your investment. I mean, yep. if he is running, and obviously even if he isn't running quite as much, the bat is still electric. So yeah, yeah, I like it. Okay, so who do, I guess you're up at number nine here. Who did you have at number eight? He's actually my seven because I had Burns at ten. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. I've got Jose Ramirez at number seven. So it would well, it'll be the you said nine, right? I'm yeah, you're picking count. number nine here. We're picking nine. Yeah. So I'll take Ramirez at nine. Um, I made the comment yesterday. Is this like the most? I have not heard a word about this guy all season, and here he is, thirty-five homers. 24 steals, you know, 200 runs at RBI combined. Batting average is a little low. Babbitt's been down, but 265. I feel like that's kind of the floor. I mean, if he hit 300 next year, I wouldn't even be surprised. Um, yeah, all those steals from third base. I mean, it's a huge edge there. Doesn't strike out a lot. You know, good walk rate. He's just doing what he does, you know, like – Jose Ramirez, I mean, he's five-category stud at third base, so I'll take him at number nine. 105 runs, 96 RBI on a terrible offense around him. That's yeah. that's really impressive to do that with that team around him. Really, it's yeah. a fantastic season. And you're right, it's it's one of those things, it's like, why isn't, why isn't he talked about more? And it's because of the fact that nobody else is playing well around him. And, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, he's incredible, and he's got two years left on this deal. I think that there's a chance he's moved this off season. I could see Cleveland deciding to cash in now because, you know, I mean, they traded Lindor with one year left on his deal, and they got themselves um, the Amad Rosario, and they got um, Jimenez. I think if they were to put him on the block this off season, they could get a whole lot more. And it just wouldn't surprise me if he was one that got moved. And 
He's one of those guys, I think, if he got himself on a better team around him, he's an MVP candidate. I mean, he's... I mean, if he's traded to... I don't, let's just get real crazy. Let's say he's traded to the Dodgers this offseason, and we find <laughs> out that that guy's going to be on the, the Dodgers. I mean, how... Just close your where where is he on this list if you find out that he's starting for the Dodgers next year or the Yankees let's let, I'll get more realistic and say the Yankees uh, I'd probably I mean I'd probably move him up a couple spots but it, yeah I, I wouldn't like move him to two or anything like that I mean no but I think he might he might be five for me four or five somewhere in there he might get up that where high. did you where did you have him nine so okay. I, exactly where he went is where I had him nine. So, gotcha. yeah, I love him. He's a great hitter. I yeah, it's just so like he's just, he he's capable of giving you every category, you know. And like I said, the batting average hasn't been great this year, but it could be next year. And even if the steals, I know we've talked in the past about the steals dropping off, they're really not so far. But even if they do, and it's say fifteen to twenty. I still feel like he can be fine because the batting average could go up. The power is going to be there. Yeah, he's he's awesome. Well, I mean, if the steals were to drop, he's kind of what we're saying we think Acuna is going to be. It's not too far off of it, really. Yeah. Grand scheme yeah. things. So, yeah, he's number nine. So that puts me up here at 10. And so I'm going chalk again because I had Ramirez at nine. So my number 10 is Bryce Harper. Um, and I put this question for you. I got this question for you. Is Bryce Harper actually safer than Mike Trout now? Yes. Isn't that Abs- crazy to abs- say out loud? Absolutely. He's safer. I just yeah. think about four or five years ago when I, those guys were like the two guys and Trout, I mean, the argument for Trout was he's been doing it and he's safer. And we're actually at a point where Harper, the guy who was injury prone and everything else, now he's the safe guy. Yeah, I I actually think that Harper might be the safest guy on the entire board <laughs> besides besides maybe like Juan Soto. Yeah. But uh, I I mean – he does it every single year. And while, you know, there are, there has been some fluctuating with batting average and steals and, you know, so there's been years where it's spiked a little bit and gone a little bit down, you know, any of these categories, but every year he's productive every year. And even if, you know, like you're taking him 10th off the board, even if he's not the 10th best player and he's the 20th best player or the 30th best player, it's not killing you. It's never killing you with him. Like he always produces always. So yeah, I, I had him at eight. Um, and yeah, he would have been my next guy if you didn't take him. So, and the steals love, love me some Harper. You know, he had the, um, the last in twenty seventeen he stole four bases and he was fluctuating a lot at that time. Since that year, he's stolen double digits outside of twenty twenty, the shortened season when he stole eight, to where the steals seem even safer nowadays. He's been consistent with that. The home runs have been right in line the last four years pace wise, you know, 
I have to always throw that in with the shortened 2020 season. The the thing that the batting average has fluctuated, but honestly, the thing that I've felt a lot better about him, I've talked a lot about how his strikeouts were up like three or four years in a row, but the last two years they've been it's been a lot better. Meanwhile, he's walking, he's still taking a ton of walks. So, yeah, I think Harper's really hitting his prime right now, and just safe player. So yeah, love Bryce Harper. Okay, number eleven. Who do you got? Man, this is so my exact top ten are off the board. Yep. This is this is the hardest pick for mm-hmm. me yet. Uh, I'm gonna take. Yeah. I'm gonna take Bobachet at eleven. That's who I have at eleven, also. But I agree that you could take a lot of players right it's there. It's really, it's really hard. I, yeah, there's a lot of guys here. There's actually guys that are even not in my top fifteen that I think you could take there at eleven. Um, I'm going to take Bichette. I think in a short window, like in the next year or two, he's completely fine. Any, any worry that I would have for him is more um, a little further down the line. I just, he's going to hit for average. I I just trust him power speed in the lineup. He's in the counting stats are going to flow. He's going to run like, he's just going to give you that five category production. I, I like him a lot. Um, I wish he walked more. And I think that he's a bit of a free swinger to where, you know, there could be, a time in a couple of years, a few years where it's like, he's dropped off, you know, more than we're thinking he will now, but right now he's just so dynamic. His bat speed is ridiculous. Like I can't believe some of the pitches that guy gets around on. It's just crazy when I watch it, but um, yeah, I think you're getting five category production at shortstop. So uh, 26 homers, 23 steals this year. And a high batting average. So, if it was an OBP league, I definitely wouldn't take him here. But yeah, I'll take uh, Bichette at eleven. You know, you mentioned the not walking much, but the extreme bat speed. And I think of Javi Baez whenever I think of him. In terms, like not apples and apples, but Javi Baez was such had such elite bat speed that he was able to get away with it. And I think Bo Bichette is that right now. Like I'm not worried about him that lack of walking for next year. But yeah, yeah, if if he doesn't improve in a couple of years, whenever the skills drop, it could go quick for him. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, as weird as as weird as it sounds, I almost I almost might like him more in redraft than in dynasty. I, well, mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know. It's hard to say that, but like long term, I mean, you know, long term dynasty, I should say. But yeah, just concerns that may come up in like a year or two, but I just don't feel like they're there now. So. My biggest concern about this guy going into the season was the stolen bases. We have a 365 bet on him over, I think, does he get to 20 steals was the bet. I'd have to look it up. I'm not 100% certain that was the number. But, yeah, you won that bet. He got 23, and I know you've already won that bet. So good for him. I'm glad to see that he's had a much better success rate. I mean, that's 23 for 24 when in his major league career before that, 
he was eight for thirteen. So yeah, good. I'm I'm glad yeah. to see him being more successful on that. And that right there is what's really changed my my opinion of him. Is that right there? So you're going with Bo at eleven and eleven. Yep. Number tw- and again, it's still chalk for me. So we're pretty. I mean, we. I've, yeah, I've got, we've been really, we've been really close on these actually. Other than Burns, we're a little different, mm-hmm. but it's not like I hated it. I mean, yeah, we're close on yeah. all these. I have a feeling you're going to take who I have at twelve. You think so? so? Go, go ahead and do it. Yep. I don't know if you. I honestly don't know if we've got the same guy, but I'm taking Mike Maybe. Trout. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, that's that's who I was. I was really wrestling with there. I I could definitely take him over Bo. Pretend. I mean it. Yeah, I have Trout at twelve. Over under 140 games for Trout next year. If you had to pick it now. Well, is there even going to be 140? Games? Okay. Yeah, that's not fair. That's assu- let's let's play this game assuming that it starts at, on on time. Um, under. Man, slightly it's, it's so sad to say that but at this point like i stubbornly kept him above vlad in those dynasty rankings a couple months ago but good lord this calf yeah, injury I just, I, it's so weird isn't it like how what is going on i mean there has to be stuff that we don't know mm-hmm. there's no way that this is i mean it's just it's so weird to me I, it it's just creepy almost how mm-hmm. little We've heard and, um, yeah, I mean, I still feel like when he's out there, he's going to be Mike Trout and it could be a steal in this spot. I mean, I definitely think that, but I don't really, I'll, I'll let you talk about it. You're the one who picked him. <laughs> well, I no, I think I was a- just going to, I was just going to say, I don't think he's going to probably run a lot going forward, but go ahead. For sure. For sure. I mean, at this point, I mean, he stole two bags in 36 games this year, and the calf injury wasn't a lingering thing. That's something that just, met, you know, tore or whatever it was when he had the injury. He had one steal in 53 games. So in those last 89 games, he has three steals. So, yeah, I'm not projecting that. You're just hoping to, you know, get greatness at the other four categories to where – you know, if healthy now, I'm thinking of him. He he's more in the lines of Vlad Jr. So maybe Soto, if you're lucky, in terms of what you're getting production-wise out of the four categories, and hoping to you know, with the fifth one, you're you're getting somewhere between Vlad and Soto, I think, at this point. But he hasn't played 141 games since 2016. He his his high is 140 in 2018, and he was healthy in 2020. I should I mean that. That he he stayed healthy that year, but it was also a shorter season. So I I don't yeah. think that one really counts. So yeah, I'm I'm taking Trout twelve because uh, as I look below him, I I mean, I I don't have anybody I can justify taking him there. But how high do you think? Like, do you think we'll see a men pick a one on him? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, anybody, all it takes is one person, so mm-hmm. anything's possible, but no, I don't, I don't really see how he can go over all these guys. I mean, no. 
crazy. We're saying we could see it at Corbin Burns, the tenth guy, but not Mike Trout. But yeah, okay. I mean, I'd be I'd be a little surprised. I I, but yeah, like I said, it only takes one, so you never know. So we've got the same one, like we've got the same twelve in different orders. Yeah, we got a thirteen. Yeah, same twelve. This one's tough too. I think I'm actually going to flip it from what I had thirteen and fourteen. I'm going to take Walker Bueller. That's who I at have thir- at thirteen. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! We're on fire. I'm actually and- like I like this because I know I'm not too far off in my thinking. You know, it's like it's a good feeling when we're like matching it like that. So yes, yeah, and we didn't good. talk. We have not talked hardly at all about any of this. So I mean, no. like I don't. You and I have not talked to ADP at all. I don't think. No, we haven't talked about any of this. So, so yeah, Bueller. I mean, it's pretty much the spot. Spot. I feel like he's been going in this spot in the draft for like the last few years, and he just keeps producing. I mean, the one thing I always say with Bueller is he's never been bad. Like he's always good. I mean, even if you go the very first year he came up, he threw a few innings and they weren't good. But other than that, he's been awesome his whole career. I mean, get you strikeouts. It's not the crazy high strikeout ceiling. If you want to nitpick something, I guess maybe that's it. And, you know, you people have nitpicked workload with him forever, but it's like he's getting it this year. Obviously, the team context is right, and he just does it every year. I mean, he's so consistent. Just awesome. Yeah, I love love Bueller, but there's a couple other guys here that I could have taken. So, yeah, it's it's kind of one of those things now when you get to this part of the draft at like 13, 14, 15, it's almost like who could I get on the back, you know, the backswing in the second round? Those would be things that you're thinking about when you're picking in this spot, so. Yeah, I feel like there's a – I mean, this is like a big old hodgepodge. Um, I don't know if right. I started at 13 or 12 with Trout. I think I started at 13. I think like – I, and, yeah, I've got Bueller at the top of it. But, I mean, I I don't – like you could take the someone who I'd have 18 at 13 and I wouldn't blink at this yeah. point. So, yeah. And the other thing about Bueller, he's at 195 innings right now. I don't think he's pitching tonight. He didn't pitch today, right? No, he pitched a couple days ago. So he's going to cross 200. That's another nice little thing about that he has not done yet. And I'm not saying that, like, they've had a lot of injuries, so they've needed him to where I wouldn't be surprised if he's back in that 180 to 190 range, even if he has a completely healthy year next year, just as they, you know, the Dodgers like to do whenever they've got a ton of depth. But, yeah, I he's just really good. And he's he, and uh, you know it's been yeah. I mean the only the safe. only way that yeah he's say and the only way that this pick hurts you is if he gets injured. I mean, but you could say that with any pitcher that you would take here, you know. So he's safer than Corbin Burns. I'll say that. I mean, I, I I've got Corbin Burns up there, but I would I, yeah. That's that's an upside thing as much. Um, Bueller, I guess, is like the pitching version of Bryce Harper. Both of them are just like these safe guys that steady. Yeah. Uh, um, my number 14 is a pitcher also. You were just saying you were flipping two, and I'm like, I wonder if you're taking one pitcher over another and they're the same two pitchers. But I'm taking Max Scherzer here at 14. Um, 
fantastic season. Now he's a Dodger, and, you know, I don't think that's a huge thing, but I'm just I'm going to keep riding him, and eventually it's going to crash and burn, but I'm not afraid to keep doing it. I took him this year, and it worked out. He's had a very healthy healthy year. I guess 174 innings. He must have missed a start or two in there, but, yeah, I'm going to take Max Scherzer and just assume that the train keeps going. So that's my number 14. Was he in your fifteen top 15? Because I know you were a no, little more nervous about no, him than he, me. He wasn't, but he's close. I wrote down um, six names that weren't in my top 15, and he was um, he was one of the six. So, yeah, I have, no, I have no issue with it. I mean, Scherzer, you could argue, is I, – I mean, I think you could argue he's right there with any of these pitchers, so. Um, really it's just the age thing. If you even want to call that a thing at this point, he's been so awesome. So, um, I still think you have to have it in the back of your mind, but yep. yeah, he's, he's obviously great. So. Okay. Well, we finally at 14 got to one that wasn't on a list <laughs> or yeah. Yeah. We went uh, a lot of chalk there. Okay. You get the final one of the first so, round here. Do you want me to do my hitter or my pitcher? You pick. Doesn't matter. Because well, I'm gonna. We're gonna do both, there. but uh, give me the one you take, and then we'll talk. We'll talk about both. Well, I would take them both on the wheel. Yeah, 16. That's all right. So just take I'll, them. I'll just name them both because the, if you're in this spot, you would pick the wheel. So I'll just name them both. I would take Mookie Betts and Jacob Degrom. Whoo! That is a 15 and 16. That's a fun wheel, ain't it? That is a boomer bust 15, 16 right there. I like it. I mean, Mookie's not really going to bust. I mean, even though he's not been great this year, I mean, he didn't lose leagues for people. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, DeGrom, like, I am going to, at least right now, and that's what we're doing, assume that when the season starts next year, he's okay. Now, if more news comes out, maybe that's wrong to do right now. We're obviously not really drafting right now, so there's a little bit more time until we have to make those calls, but I also still think he's the best pitcher in the game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're getting a little bit of a discount here, and um, yeah, I would do it at the wheel for sure. I actually, Betts was kind of the one I was flipping with Bueller, and they're kind of all, like you said, hodgepodge. It's like there's quite a few guys I feel like you can take here. But, yeah, I like a Betts to Grom turn in a redraft league. Yeah. And that's, a, it's a, man, two guys that both of them not long, I mean, just last this last year were top five picks in a lot of drafts. Yeah. So, yeah, I like it. That's fun. Uh, my oh, did you did you have them in there? Or? No, I mean obviously we're at the end here. So Betts is definitely in the hodgepodge. I was going to ask you about Degrom. I didn't make a list of guys after fifteen. Gosh, I don't know what I'll do with Degrom yet. I like if I'm in a draft. See, here's my problem. 
I I think I've just got this memory of drafting, like being on this podcast and talking about how I was willing to take the chance on Chris Sale two years ago when he finished the season with elbow issues, and I got burned for it. And I, I that's in my head, and I'm like, man, it, should that scare me away because that went wrong that time? But on the same note, what if it goes right the next time and he's actually healthy and able to throw even 160 to 180 innings? If he gives you that, man, you—I mean—you've got the best pitcher. So yeah, I, I, yeah, it's I, a tough call. I mean, right? The, the hard thing about it is, right now, it's a tough call. Now, I think that in a month or two months or three months or four months, whatever, you know, when in the off season, there will be a point where it's an easier call as more news comes out or we find out a little bit more. I mean, the more information you have, obviously, the better. Um. I mean, I, I think you could make the argument for taking, like, DeGrom and Woodruff at the wheel there. Yep. Um, and then you've got, you know, your, in theory, you know, your safer pitcher and then your guy with that's you think is the best pitcher in the game or whatever you want to do. I mean, I have, uh, just to list a few here, I had Woodruff, Scherzer, Freddie Freeman, Starling Marte, and Rafael Devers listed as like guys that I think will go in that area. I would probably take them early in the second, but um, yeah, I think any of those guys are fine in like any point really from 11 on. I I think that you could take any of those guys. It's all right. Starling Mote was my 15. I, I think you've convinced me as I've thought about it. And in terms of, even if he doesn't provide that first, like doesn't run anywhere near like he did last year, his floor is just so high that I've got, yeah. Mar- I put Marte at 15 and I'd love to get like one of these combos of Mookie Marte. I'm going to throw Cedric Mullins in there too. I, I would definitely consider him get one of those guys in Woodruff. I would love that pairing, man. Yeah. I almost, I almost wonder, you know, like if you felt comfortable waiting till three, four for pitching or even beyond, or if you just wanted to wait on pitching, I mean, you could go bets and Marte on the turn. I mean, that's, that's fun too. As somebody who Um, got burned by not having enough, like I'm doing well in my draft and hold leagues, but the thing I've noted, the thing that's really keeping me from winning them this year is speed. I think there's a couple of them where speed is a big difference between me and that team that's in first. And I think I'm going to be more aggressive towards it next year. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. the trick the trick is you just you don't want to short on short yourself on power either. But yeah, nope. it's it's just that game you play. But I feel like yeah, I'm, I think Betts yeah. Marte is a good pairing on the end. I really, however you want to go. I mean, like I said, once when I got to Bichette there with Trout, and I was kind of like. Yeah, I could take any of these guys, really. I mean, it's we'll have time to sort that out, but I think that that's kind of the drop off there is like after pick ten, like ten to eleven. Last question here: How many people do you think we, you could like you could see going number one or you? Oh would yeah, take one? I forgot to I forgot to mention that. Yeah, we, we were talk we that. were talking about that before the show that we wanted to ask that, and then we forgot. Um, I would say Tatis, Trey, Cole, Soto, 
Vlad. Possibly Burns. I mean, I think that he'll probably go one. I just know that I would take Cole over him, so I wouldn't do that. But, um, I mean, I definitely think there will be drafts where he goes one. And so that's that's six. I think that's it, pretty much. I think Otani will go one in leagues, even weekly leagues. I think there will be people that do it. Um, yeah, yeah, that's like right on the uh, right on the edge for me. Otani, yeah, I think so. I, yeah, six or seven, probably. I agree. I think it's about that number too. So that's a fun exercise, and. Yeah, rather shocking to see how much we were in line because I looked at that mock draft that you were talking about before and I felt like I differed with it with a few things and I didn't expect us to be so in line with each other on it. Yeah, we definitely we definitely were. That's funny that we had Bichette and Trout 11 and 12 both. <laughs> like that's just because once you get a little further down, obviously it's easier to be off. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. Fun exercise, and yeah, we'll probably be doing that a few more times as we get through this off season. As we're as we're getting closer to baseball, I mean, I've said before, I don't know how many, how many, how much, how ready I am to even think about next year, but I at least got to be thinking about it some. Um, so we're near the end of the season. I just thought I would finish up talking about that and. We got the playoffs getting close. Um, we've got a race for both. I think the wild cards are the main races left, right? Are, are most of the divisions pretty close? To, no, we well, got the, the NL West. The NL West is um, the Giants are up a game, and it looks like they're both going to win tonight, so it'll still be a game. And then the um, the NL East isn't quite over yet, but I think the Braves are going to get it. I need to look at the NL East because I honestly have – oh, wow, yeah, they're only up a game over the Phillies right now. Oh, wow, it's only a game? I thought yeah. It was more than that. No, that's a – Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I guess it is a full-blown race. I mean, the Mets are out of it. Oh, my God, Mets. Talk about a team that fell apart. Holy cow. No, I'd like to go back and see what their record was like at the All-Star break. I know they were winning by quite a bit, and I remember you talking at that time about, man, the Phillies might be able to win the division. and. Acuna was down. It felt like the Braves were done, and here we are, 152 games in the season, and they're in first place. Good for them. Good for them for going out and making those deals that really work out. I mean, give a lot of credit to that organization for not just packing it in after it's they kinda, lost the best player. It's, it's kind of crazy that the Giants or the Dodgers are going to be in the wild card game. It's, just... it's sick. Is what I really is. God, I know I've said this so many times, but I really hope it's the Dodgers. I just want it's like this team is they've been so successful. They have a great team. I want like that one game pressure on them. Like I just because, you know, next year they'll probably just win the division again. I mean, they're, they're a juggernaut, obviously, but I think that like we need to see them with all the heat on them in a one game wild card. I, I really want to see that. You know the Cardinals are the team that's surging and look like they've got that second wild card slot. And the, if when you look at those teams on paper, the Dodgers are a lot better than the Cardinals. But I will say that the Cardinals it's one have game. had the Dodgers number over the like my lifetime with inferior teams where I didn't think we were going to win and we beat them. To where it's kind of like the Giants. The Giants are the team that's as a Cardinal fan, they're in my head because 
no, like there have been times I felt like we were much better than them, and they just went out and toast like destroyed us in the playoffs. The Giants and the Cardinals are actually a lot alike to me. Uh-huh. Like they just they get this magic going, and you just you can't you can't stop it. I don't know it's, or explain. I it. feel that way about both of those teams. So, um, but yeah, I I just think it'd be really fun to have the Dodgers in the wild card game and just. Like I said, I mean, all nothing against them. I'm not like a Dodger hater. I mean, they're they're fine, but I just I just kind of want that pressure. All the pre- they're going to have all the pressure on them, all of it. Mm-hmm. And it'll be curious to see, you know, how like a red hot Cardinals team facing them or something like that would pan out. I mean, one game, obviously, anything can happen. So, and then we got the American League Wild Card. That's a wild one right now. I mean, aren't they? Let's see, we've got. The Red Sox, Yankees, and Blue Jays all within three games of each other. Yeah. And yeah, the Jays have lost a few in a row, so. Uh-huh. Yeah, they were looking like they were in a good position right now. And then. <laughs> I think they still play next week. I know the, I know the Yankees and Jays play next week. The so. Yankees have a sick. I was talking with a Yankee fan about this last night. I was playing softball. Yeah, and, they play like Boston, Toronto, and the Rays or something, right? Yes. And. Yeah. The Rays, like, the Yankees need to be hoping that the Rays are winning games this weekend and early next week because they've got a four-game lead for home field advantage right now over the Astros. And if they can clinch that going into that weekend series with the Yankees, they'll, they'll, they won't have to play, like, be, the gas will be off. So that's, a, that's something. You don't they, think that they I think they'll still be trying, though. I think they'll be trying to knock the Yankees out. They, probably, they may sit. They may sit, guys. You know, a little bit. Yeah, but you. you I, still think guys, I still think they'll be playing. As the Yankee fan was telling me, he's like, the problem is the Rays have so much depth that even if they right. sat some guys, they're still putting out a pretty good team. Yeah, right. he's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and the Yankees will have the pressure, and if they're scuffling going into that series and they've lost some games and they're on the outside, yeah, uh, it could be fun. So, yeah, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely going to be fun. It looks like it's going to be White Sox and um, Houston, probably probably Milwaukee and the winner of the NL East in that mm-hmm. first round. But um, yeah. still, some things to still some, some things to be decided. So yes, so we got about a little over a week left. My goal is to get back here right after the season ends. Right, like you and I have done a playoff prediction episode. And usually we've done it that Monday night or something like that. Yeah, maybe that Monday, yeah. Because there's no – I think the only games that would be that Monday are any tiebreaker games or Mm -hmm. um, play-in games, stuff like that. Yeah, as long as there's not one of those, we may try then or at least by Tuesday night. We have done them on Tuesday night before just because the fact that maybe there's a good Monday night football game and we get to it on Tuesday. Yeah, there's that too, yeah. We'll get into it and we'll we'll try to do a playoff prediction episode at that point once we've got all the teams situated and we'll be talking we'll talk about how our fantasy teams finished up too. So, hopefully we'll be back in about a, a little over a week, week and a half or so and we'll talk some more baseball at that time and talk some postseason baseball it's gonna be a fun october can't, Andrew. i can't can't believe it man the season just flies on by yeah oh i'm just grateful we got 162 this year yes yes i remember last december pretty being pretty convinced that we were not going to see a 162 game season 
and I was definitely wrong, and I'm glad I was. Maybe I'll maybe I'll be wrong. I'll be here at this point next year saying the same thing. I hope so. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Well, any fine anything else before we get out of here? No, I think that's good. Go Cardinals. I'm sorry for the rest for the you Reds and um, who else? Who else should be offended by that? Pod- Padres. Oh yes, Padre fans. Well, oh, actually, oh, are they gosh. even? Oh, they're. They're even further out of the, the Phillies. Actually, the Phillies are the closest right now. Fourteen in a row. Gosh. Holy cow! Swept the Cubs here. I think on they Friday. said first. I think they said first time since nineteen thirty-five or something. The franchise the record, card. I think, is fifteen. So and yeah, they've got and the think, Cubs was... tomorrow and Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So they yeah, want they it. They are on fire. It's unreal. I mean, they even like there was a game I. It was the Man, Thursday. I can't believe Tyler O'Neill. Yeah, that guy's season has been crazy. I was looking at it today, and sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. What were you saying on Thursday? Uh, uh, Thursday, they fell behind four nothing early, and they just chipped their way back in that game. They just feel yeah. it. Just they feel like a team right now that no leads unca- uncatchable. Now that said, it, they're playing the the Cubs and they're playing the Brewers, who were scuffling a little bit. Well, I guess they beat the Padres before that pretty well. So I get it hasn't been awful teams, but it's also teams that aren't playing their best it's ball still, right now. It, it's still hard to win that many in a row, no matter who you're playing. So yes. kudos to them for sure. Yes, yes. So yeah, sorry Padre fans, sorry Reds fans. I know you guys. I I two weeks ago I didn't even think this was a realistic possibility. So I'm I'm as surprised as anybody. All right, we'll be back shortly after the season ends. And until then, take care, everybody. Yeah, take care, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. And once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year. 